Hey everyone, welcome to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Marie-Pierre, and for all my English friends out there, you can call me Marie. I am a registered dietitian with a background in psychology. My passion in life is to help individuals heal their relationship with food and their bodies. If you're tired of dieting and tired of restriction, you are at the right place. I'm hoping that this podcast will help and support you as you heal your own relationship with food and your body and give you the tools, the resources, and the knowledge that you need to finally ditch the diets. Every week, you will be hearing from guest experts and myself on all things food, body, and mind. I am so happy that you're here and I cannot wait to support you on your journey. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Marie-Pierre, and I'm so glad that you are here with me today. Happy mid-June. Can we believe that we are here already? I know I say this every time, but truly, 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 truly. I am so pumped that you are here with me today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for being here, listening to this podcast episode. If you are a new listener, welcome to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I'm really pumped that you are here. This podcast is all about food, body, mind from an anti-diet perspective. We are, you know, inviting guests on the podcast, having myself talk about topics to really support you in your own journey to heal your relationship with food and your body. And this mission is so important to me because if you've heard my story before, I used to be in a space where my relationship with food and body was so horrible and I know how much it impacted me living. Like showing up on planet earth was difficult when my relationship with food and body was difficult. So to me, healing your relationship with food and your body allows you to truly start living differently and showing up differently. It changes everything. So I'm so glad that you are here with me. So before we get into today's topic about shopping, I do want to give you a few updates around the podcast. So the podcast is going to go through a full revamp this summer, and I'm really, really excited about it. And I want to tell you a little bit more about it. This is not something that I have shared over social media or email. This is really just to share with you podcast listeners around why are we changing what is it going to look like and how is it going to impact the podcast? So to give you a little bit of context, I'm going to go back in time a little bit. I'm going to work on my storytelling abilities and tell you a little bit more about why we are making this change and like kind of where it comes from. So the podcast is almost two years old. Like this summer in July, we will have been podcasting for two years, two or three. Actually, I think it's three years old. I don't know. Okay. It's two or three years old. Oh my God. This is bad. I think it's three years old because we're coming up on 150 episode and there's 52 weeks in a year. So I feel like that would make more sense. I think we're coming on three years. Anyways, all that to say when the podcast started, when I launched the podcast, um, as the balanced dietitian, my business looked completely different back then than it does now. Back then, um, I was still, you know, mostly just me in the business. I had a few folks on my team, um, but the Balanced Dietitian podcast or brand, sorry, was a lot more about me and my approach to healing, which really combined psychology and nutrition. And as my business evolved, the business became so much more than just me. 
Like, it's not about the bound dietitian. It's not about Marie-Pierre, who's, like, showing up wanting to, like, change the world. We now have a team, right, which is really exciting. And we're now expanding over just what the bound dietitian is and was. Um, so to me, as we're continuing on this journey, I really want the podcast to evolve with the business, to evolve with everything that's going through and to evolve with me too, right? Like I feel like the last five years has really been a lot of evolving on my end, right? Like I think when you have a business, you have no choice <laughs> or I should say like if you have a business and you want to be able to evolve at the time and to really show up for my clients, you know, like I really want everybody who comes to the bounds practice to really be heard, be seen, be cared for, get the best care possible. That requires quite a lot of evolution on my end to really show up, to hold that vision and mission that we hold as a team. And as that happens, I really want, again, the podcast to evolve with us. So that means that the podcast is no longer just about me and no longer just about the balanced dietitian, right? I really want the podcast to encompass everything that we do as a practice, everything that the team does um, to support folks in having better relationship with food, with their body, with their brains, with themselves. Like it, I feel like it goes above So I often talk about this with my clients. When I think about like relationship with food and body, it's kind of like that tip of the iceberg, right? I think oftentimes when people come to see us or work with me, um, it's often that piece of like our relationship with food and body is really uncomfortable and we want to deal with it. And we know that that is a tip of the iceberg. That is what we see. Underneath that iceberg, we have, you know, the relationship we have with ourselves, our early childhood our trauma, our self-esteem, our self-worth, our communication style, our ability to set boundaries, our desires and aspiration, our sense of worthiness, like all of the things that are the deeper work that we, we need to do, right, in order to sustain a healthy relationship with food and body. So this is the direction of the podcast. I really want this podcast to not only include me and my voice, and I will forever stay the host because I love, 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 love to do podcasts, but we want to include more people behind the scenes. So I do want to have my team come on every month and talk about different subjects. I want to let you in a little bit behind the curtain. So at The Balance Practice, we do book reviews and journal reviews and article reviews and reviews on new treatment that come out and I want to get you in on those conversations. So recording of those, some of those reviews and having round tables around these things. So you can hear from not just me, because it's not about me, but about the full approach, a full team. And I think what's really neat about that is as a team, something that I look for when I hire people for our team is value. I want people to feel as passionate as I do about being anti-diet, about being weight-inclusive, about being trauma-informed, about being collaborative with clients. Like, that's what I want my folks to be, like, at the balance practice. But from there, we do all have different lived experience and we have different perspective. So I do think it adds a lot to the conversation when we're all able to talk about these different things. So on that note, um, what you're going to notice with the podcast is that one, we're going to have a name change. And if you have a recommendation for the name, please God help me because I am lacking creativity. Um, as you maybe have noticed, everything I do 
has the word balanced in it. The balanced practice, the balanced dietitian, the balanced podcast, the balanced program. That's kind of like an example of my creativity level. <laughs> it's not, it's not much. It's not much, right? Like there is room for improvement. Um, but we are thinking to do something around food, body, and mind, which is kind of the approach that we have as a practice. It's the approach that I thoroughly believe in. Um, but if you have any ideas for a new podcast name, that would be amazing. Um, so that's number one. We're going to be changing the name of the podcast, but we're also going to be changing kind of the format. So you will, there still will be a solo episode from me every month, but we're also going to have guest speakers and providers from the team coming to talk about different topics as well. And then we're going to include like book reviews and journal reviews and kind of like keeping up with like, like nutrition science and mental health is always evolving which is really, really cool. And our jobs as healthcare providers is to keep up with all these new changes. So we want to be more transparent with that and share with you and like how our approach is shifting. And yeah, and this, I want to take a moment just to say that we always have permission to evolve. I do, you do, we all do, right? I think when I started my practice five years ago, almost five years ago, which is exciting. I had no clue that this was going to be what it is today. And I know that me 10 years from now is going to be like, holy moly, you did not have any idea that this is what we were creating. And um, because we have permission to evolve always. And on this show, we also have permission to change your mind, right? Like I'm sure that there's some of my first episodes that if I were to redo my the way I talk about it would probably be a lot more nuanced. There'd probably be changes in the way that I speak. And that's okay. That is okay. We always have permission to evolve. So on that note, be on the lookout for new branding and a new name for the podcast with just so much more goodies. And I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited to share um, the team behind the bounce practice with you a little bit more. Um, and just, you know, what we do, how we are and how we show up, because it's truly, I honestly truly believe, and I know that I am biased, but I still believe that we honestly have like the best team on planet earth. <laughs> like the caliber of expertise of the team, but really the just like how amazing humans that they all are is just so wonderful. So I'm really, really excited to share the team a little bit more with you. So you get to know how wonderful they are as well. All right. That's it for my like little starting off with news. I talked a lot more than I thought I would. Um, but thank you for listening and thank you for being here. And now we're going to talk about shopping. I am so excited to talk about this topic because it is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. But I also know that it's a topic that's just really difficult and not really talked about. Like we talk about healing a relationship with food and body, but like things like movement and shopping and exercise or events, like they're not things that are often like talked about, I think, but they are really important, right? Because something exactly like shopping really impacts that piece of food relationship and body relationship. So the reason why it's important to talk about it is that for many of us, myself included, shopping in the past when we were dieters probably had quite a different significance than it does once we are healing. 
which means that like, I'll give you like just personal example. When I was a dieter, I used to love shopping, like adored shopping because shopping to me was a way to motivate myself to reach new goals. So I would buy things that were either like kind of tight wearing it or size too small, literally to motivate myself to lose the weight, right? I'd buy like really beautiful pieces of clothes with the hopes that it would motivate me enough for me to stick to whatever diet. And like that would be my prize at the end. Or what I would do is set a weight loss goal of like, I will lose X amount of pounds for this amount of time, blah, blah, blah. And if I reach my goals, I'm giving myself a budget of this amount of money to buy new clothes that I'm going to feel wonderful in. So there was quite a big association between shopping and clothing and body weight loss goals, right? And I know I'm not the only one. You may also be someone who has done this before. Um, And on top of that, so not only do we often associate goals with like clothing and shopping, there's also just the fact that when we shop and when we put clothes on our body, we are forcing ourselves to connect with our body, right? Like if we feel uncomfortable in our skin, in our body, a lot of us will tend to want to disconnect, right? Not really think about our body, wanting to hide our body, maybe wear clothes that are oversized just to hide our body more. But when we are shopping, when we're going through the experience of it, we are actually asking ourselves to fully connect with the body that we're in. We're putting clothes on the body, like on the physical body, there's all the sensory that's happening, but then you're actually tuning in on like, how does it fit on my skin, right? So you're like forcing yourself to check in. So again, if the relationship you have with your body isn't great, or it's a little bit more difficult, it does make sense that shopping does also become more difficult, right? Because you're, again, forcing kind of that connection. That doesn't mean that we don't go shopping. (laughs) That just means that we need to do it a little bit differently, right? Um, So I'll talk a little bit about some tips when we go shopping and things to consider and things that we can try to make the experience a little bit more neutral and or enjoyable, right? The goal of this is not to say that shopping will become your, your new favorite hobby, right? Like that, that's not the goal. Um, but the goal would be that shopping becomes maybe less triggering and that we change the way that we relate to the experience of shopping. So it no longer has to do with trying to shrink my body or weight loss goals. So we're kind of like decoupling those two things. The goal eventually is that shopping is literally just an activity for me to get clothes that fits my body here and now. Nothing more. Right. And I say that with the nuance that I know that some of us, not myself included. So some of you guys (laughs) actually like fashion and actually like want to dress in ways that is fashionable and that can like come in, but not to the risk of, um, you know, like not having to change your body for it. Like you can be fashionable in the current body that you are in now. I say that because like, if you've ever, you know, been my client or, if I've done like, you know, you're part of the balance program, or if you've seen me on my Instagram, I am not Miss Fashion <laughs> in any sense of the way. If I could, I would live in the crew neck that I have on right now for the rest of my life because like comfort overlook is my new mantra and I love it and I love it for myself and that's all I want to do. Okay, now I'm moving on. All right, so let's talk about actual shopping and the experience of shopping. I'm going to go through this podcast in three different phases. 
before, during, and after. That's kind of how my brain processes any event, to be honest with you. Like if you've heard this podcast and all the other episodes of like meals or whatever activity or whatever, uh, you know, event that we have, I always think about it from before. So we're prepping for it during the activity and then afterwards. And I think that's really important when it comes to shopping because the planning phase can be really supporting making the experience better during and checking in and like being aware is going to be really important to know how we can support ourselves. And afterwards is going to be really important because if you do get triggered or if it is more difficult, we want to be sure that we have tools to take care of us. Right? Now I'm going to say before I go into my before, during, and after that this doesn't have to be like that all of the time, right? Like nowadays when I go shopping, I don't necessarily need to plan before, during, and after as much because my relationship to shopping and my relationship to my body has completely changed. However, if you are in the beginning of healing your relationship with food and body or in the middle of it, or it's just still very, very difficult I think taking more time to kind of plan around it can be really, really supportive. Uh, But just know that it's not necessarily always going to be like this. All right, let's get started, my friends. Let's start with before shopping. And now we're going to do before for online shopping and in-person shopping because I do realize that nowadays many do online. So it is a little bit different than when we go in person. But let's start with um, online So what do we do before? So if you are someone who um, likes to shop online, I mean, that's totally fine. It can actually be somewhat easier too, right? So if you are someone who is finding the experience of shopping really difficult, um, I think that online shopping can be a really great tool for us to be able to buy clothes and get it shipped to our house and like try it in the comfort of our homes, right? Oftentimes when we add shopping in person and can add like, you know, being with other people, being like overstimulated by all the things. So really check in with yourself on like, what would be the best first step for me is online preferable over in person. And if so, how do we prep for online? So here's a few things that I would say when we are online shopping. Number one, can we shop at stores that have inclusive sizing? right? So it means that they have multiple different sizes to fit multiple different body types, right? Not just like our small, medium, large type of vibe Um, and really making sure that you have a space where they have your size. Like that's really, really important. I also personally like to shop at places that are sizes inclusive because I do believe that we get to vote with our money. So I would prefer to give my money to a business that has that, it, that aligns with my own values, right? So that doesn't need to be something you do, but it can be a really great way to advocate for your own body too. And just like, yeah, anyways, all the things. So yes, number one, do they have your size? Do they carry your size? We need to check that. We need to make sure. Number two, and this one is really important for me, is looking if they have um, images of people in different bodies on their website. This for me was something that when I was uh, wedding dress shopping last year, was actually really important. And as I've talked about, like, I feel as though I've done a lot of work on body image, food, like I feel like I'm recovered, like my relationship with food body is pretty great. But last year when I was wedding shopping, it was actually one of my clients who had told me this around like going on Pinterest and looking for actual like, uh, you know, bigger body dresses and larger body wedding dresses and stuff like that. 
Um, and I was like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. And then forgot about it. I was looking for dresses and I'm like, oh my God, like every dress that I see is on a body that's completely different from mine. So not only do I know that that's not how it's going to look on me because that's not my body type. It also started to have this idea in my brain of like, oh, like why, like there's no representation, right? Like why are they only showing very thin women in dresses? Like what's the message behind this? And I really had to check myself and just be like, okay, like to me, what's really, really important is to see body diversity, see how it's going to fit on me, how like, and even if it's not the exact same thing, at least see that diversity for my brain, I thought was extremely helpful. So if it's something that we can also do when it comes to um, our um, just shopping in general, if you can like shop on websites that actually have different photos of different people in different body sizes, different body shapes, different body colors, like all of the diversity that we want to see, I really do think that that's going to be very supportive just to allow our brain to kind of see, right? Because I really think like, you know, subconsciously when we see photos like that, we start kind of picturing how it's going to look on us. And then it can be quite a big difference, right? Because we don't have the same body types, which we're never meant to, by the way. Um, and also sometimes they're Photoshop, so all the things. Um, but yeah, I think that can be really, really supportive for online. And then the third thing that we want to do if we are shopping online is looking if we can buy more than one size. Um, this can be, you know, I, I understand that piece that like we may not be financially able to, uh, but if we're able to like charge our credit card for it, knowing that we're going to like refund whatever doesn't fit, I think can be really, really helpful. Um, so looking for websites that has like free returns can also be really helpful if we're going down that route. I find that to be helpful because one, if we're not super sure of our size and sometimes like I know my size, but like every store is freaking different. <laughs> it can be really, really helpful to have more than one option when it comes home, right? Because if we only ordered one size and it doesn't fit and we have to resent it, it can feel a bit like disencouraging. So I feel disencouraging. Yeah. So it can discouraging, discouraging. Yeah. I was like, that sounds weird. Um, so yeah, we can, it's going to feel, you know, not great. So I feel like if we are able to order more than one size, kind of like we were in stores and then just know that we're going to return them and make sure that we do return them. Um, that could be really, really, really helpful for us, for our brain to allow us to have the different options in front of us. A fourth thing um, that I think could be also really helpful is looking at the website and, you know, oftentimes they have like measurements and like with their true to size, like all of these things. Uh, this will really depend where you are at on your journey. If you are able to either get someone to help you or if you are able to just do it yourself from a neutral place, right? The goal is just to gather the data so we order the right size for your body here and now. Um, but a lot of websites I find like that can be really, really helpful, right? They, when they tell you kind of like the hips, the waist, like kind of like having those measurements done again, I'm very aware that that can be very triggering depending on where you are on your journey. And if that feels like too much for you, we're just not going to do it or we're going to get our support person to do it for us. Like I've literally had Anthony do this for me at the beginning, like, Hey, I need to have my size for 
something I was buying online, I'm like, I don't want to do the measurements. Like I'm, I'm just very fearful of doing the measurements and I don't know how it's going to impact me. So he literally did blind measurements for me. Right. So he measured, wrote it down. He looked at the size chart and he was like, okay, cool. This is the size you're going to order. And that was it. So I was like, okay, I don't need to look. He measured. We're good. <laughs> this feels better. So if you do have a support person in your life that you're able to do that with at the beginning, I think that would be really, really supportive. Eventually, we do want to work to the point where, if we can, where we can find that neutrality towards that number, right? Like nowadays, like I can look at the number and not be triggered by it and know that it's just a number and know that the purpose of gathering that number is literally just to find something that's going to fit me and be able to move forward without it ruining my day, right? So that could be one of our angles. But if for right now that doesn't feel too, too good, we can try to get someone to support us in the measurements. All right. Um, and if we don't want to do any measurements, then it's kind of like a guessing game, right? So I would order, try to have like the size you think you are and then order a size bigger and then a size smaller. And then we'll be able to kind of see from there. Um, so that's what I would do in terms of prep if we're doing it online. If we are going in person, then it's going to be a little bit different, right? So when we think of like prepping um, the, the before when we're going in person, there's going to be a few things we're going to do. One, I really believe in having a shopping plan. <laughs> so the plan will consist of what do I need to buy? Like what are my like non like my must items? Like if I'm like, I don't have any pants, I'd like some shirt where I'm like, okay, well, pants is like the first thing I'm going to look for because I need pants. And then if I have time, I'll look for some shirt, right? So kind of like having a list of like, what do I actually need to buy? Like, what are my like musts? Um, and then what are like the fun things that I may want to add to it? But at least we kind of know. The second thing we want to do is what stores am I going to go and do they have my size, right? Um, it can feel very disheartening and triggering if we get into a stores and they don't have our size, right? And like, this is part of living in a work that has a lot of weight discrimination, right? Like thin privilege is the ability to go into like, or one of the things is that you get to go to any store and buy whatever you want and you never have to worry about that. But if you live in a bigger body, then yeah, that is something we need to take into account, right? Of like, will this store have my size? And like, can we check in into it in advance? Um, because that can also be helpful in terms of planning. So we're not going to a store and then kind of being like, disheartened by the fact that they're, they're not holding the size and like that may still happen. And then we'll want to use our toolbox and we'll talk about that during. Um, but yeah, the more that we can plan around what stores am I going to, what am I going to get? That can be really helpful. I also like to have like a time limit, especially if it's pretty triggering for you at first, like being like, I'm only going to go for one hour. So if after an hour I didn't find whatever, it's fine. We call it quits. We come back another day. Um, it can become very overstimulating if we're like spending like four hours at the mall trying things on and off. Like we'll talk about that during the journey as well, but it's just a lot, right? It's a lot for our brain, but it's also a lot on our body. And if you're someone who is maybe sensitive to, um, you know, stimuluses on your body, like I think that can become overwhelming very fast. Um, and then we're wanting, gonna, we're, sorry, and then we are going to want to think about, do I want someone there, there with me? I find that always interesting, especially with my clients, that it's pretty 50-50. Some people are like having my loved one there with me, my sister, my friend, my husband, my wife, really helps me, um, you know, like have my support person there. It really helps me go through it. I feel supported. I feel comforted. Whereas like other people are like, 
I do not want anyone there having anyone else there makes it more triggering. I just want to do it by myself. So check in with yourself. Like, what do you want to do? What feels best for you? Um, and then we'll want to go from there, right? We'll want to kind of check in from like, all right, so if we are um, going with someone or not someone, then kind of plan around that and see what feels best for you. All right. Um, and then the last thing that I want to plan before when we're going shopping is kind of like our exit plan of like, if I feel triggered, if I'm not enjoying myself, if I'm not liking it, what do I like? What is my plan to like escape? <laughs> right? So that could just be like, Hey, if I'm not feeling well, I, I decide that I get to leave like, and really like intentionally planning that, right? It's not a fail. It's just like, if I don't feel good about this, like I'm going to go grab a coffee and then I'm going to leave or I'm going to just go to my favorite like bubble bath store, smell some delicious candles, and then I'm going to leave. So kind of have a plan of like when you get to opt out. I think it make us feel very empowered in the sense that like you do get to opt out whenever you want to, right? And then for both online and in person, be sure that you are feeling okay on that day, right? Like if you wake up and it is like, the worst body image day. You feel so uncomfortable in your skin. I don't think it's the best plan to go shopping, right? Like, and I mean, sometimes if it's like, it's the only time that I can go, like I have to go, we'll make do, we'll plan for it. We'll like, you know, support ourselves through it. But like, if you have options on when you go or when you try on clothes, let's try to do it on a day where we feel a little bit better, right? Either it's a body neutral day, a body positive day, like however we feel about our body, but like, let's try to not go shopping on bad body image days. Cause I believe that it's just going to make things a little worse. It's probably not going to be as helpful or as good as an experience. All right. Okay. Now we're moving into during. So as I'm trying on clothes, like as I'm actually in the mall, trying things like what can I do in those moments? So first and foremost, for both online and in person, what we're going to want to do is always check in with ourselves. How are we feeling about the experience? Do I need to check out? Um, am I okay to continue? Like really being able to like have our own backs and just being like checking in, how do I feel? Um, I think that honestly can be really, really supportive because if we are feeling overwhelmed or triggered, we're able to utilize our tools right? Um, and having our toolbox with us, whether online or in person can be really, really supportive as well. Right. Um, I know for me, so when I was in my years of disordered eating, um, there was a mall that I would always go to for folks who in Ottawa, Place d'Orléans used to have a fountain. Okay. Like a fountain, like in the middle of the mall. So that was my cope, one part of my coping skill in my toolbox was like, if I feel overwhelmed, I'm going to go sit by the fountain for five minutes. And I really love water. Like, I think I'm a water person. Like it just calms me so much. So I would go by the water. Sometimes I'd put my hand in it, which I know can be gross because whatever, all the germs, I didn't care. <laughs> put my hand in the water, sit by the fountain and just like <sighs> breathe as I was listening to the sound of the fountain. So knowing your own coping skills, I mean, you may not have a fountain. There's actually no more fountain at Place d'Orleans for everybody who's like in Ottawa, like boo hoo hoo really sucks. It was like my favorite thing about that mall. Um, but we can, we can think about like what's in our coping toolbox and what can we do? Um, so we are actually able to, um, support ourselves through it. I mean, if you don't have a coping 
toolbox, um, definitely talk to your dietitians or therapists. Like, I think that's where we can really support you and understanding what you need, right? Like supporting you through it, I think is really part of the, all the healing work, right? Understanding yourself, understanding your emotional self and how to take care of you, I think is really important. So checking in with yourself regularly, using your toolbox as needed. Now, the next thing that we're going to do is that the new mantra, my friend, when it comes to shopping and clothes is that comfort goes over look. Comfort over look every day, all the time. So when we are actually trying clothes on, what we're going to want to do is to, well, try the clothes on, put it on your body, but turn away from the mirror. Do not look at yourself in the mirror when you're putting the clothes on, right? We're putting it on and then like if it doesn't fit, we're taking it off. No need to look. It doesn't feel good on my body. We're done. If it fits, now we're going to do just a comfort test. So that can mean like, like I'm like thinking like it's pants on. We can like move around. We can like bend our legs. We can bend over. We can see like, okay, like am I able to do my like daily moving and activities in these pants and do I feel comfortable? If it's a no, we remove them and we go on to the next. If it's a yes, then we can proceed to level two, which is then we can look in the mirror and see like, cool, do I like this style? Do I like this look? All right. Comfort over look. We really want to make sure that we are approaching shopping and clothing from a place of, I need to be comfortable as a human living in this, right? Like that is my number one priority. So if we don't feel comfort, we're not going to level two and looking at how it looks. I mean, you can look, but it doesn't truly matter. Um, only once we've decided like, yeah, this feels really comfortable in my body, then we can check in and see if we, if we like the look of the, of the thing, of the thing, of the clothing. And we're going to try our best. We're going to try our very, very best. And we're going to do reframes around this, that we are not looking for clothes that are quote unquote flattering quote unquote thinning, that that's not what we're doing, right? Like clothes are not meant to try to make you look slimmer. That's part of the issue. That's part of fat phobia. That's internalized fat phobia. So let's like check ourselves a little bit. And then we're going to really look for clothes that make us feel good, matches our style, represent our own style, like all of those things, right? And are comfortable. And I want to quickly speak on comfort and why it's so important to focus on comfort over look, because when you feel comfortable in your clothes, you are more likely to have like better image days or less bad image days. So you're just more likely to feel more comfortable, right? So what happens if we think of our physical body and all the stimuli that we have in our body, right? All the receptors that we have. If when I put clothes on myself in the morning, at first you're getting quite a lot of stimulus to your brain, right? All the receptors on your skin are like sending messages to your brain to be like, there's something on my skin. Um, and then when I'm wearing something that's comfortable, um, although the, the receptors are still there, they're still gathering the information, they're still sending the, the stimulus to my brain. My brain is like, no, this is safe. This is okay. Like, this is just clothing. Like we're moving on. Like, I'm not going to spend all day thinking about the fact that I have clothes on my skin because that's not going to be very productive. Right. And then I just get to live and I kind of forget that I'm wearing clothes on me right now. Right. If you wear things that are very, very tight on your body and uncomfortable, then your brain continues to hyper-focus on it, right? Like if I'm wearing something that's like very tight on my stomach or like very, very tight on my hips, it's hard for my brain to kind of like let go of that stimulus. I'm getting the stimulus, it feels uncomfortable, and then I'm continuously 
bringing attention to that area of my body, right? I think we've probably all had that experience of wearing something real tight and then being real uncomfortable and continuously feeling uncomfortable in your body and like continuously focusing on that part of the body. That's what happens because it's just too tight. (laughs) We don't like it. Our body doesn't like it. Our brain doesn't like it. So we're going to do ourselves a favor and we're going to try to wear clothes that are actually comfortable because when we are comfortable, then our brain doesn't need to spend as much brain juice on the clothing and then we get to actually do other things, right? Makes sense. Makes sense, I think, right? All right, so that's what we want to do during. Now, let's talk about those triggers that can happen during. If something, for example, is too small, right? Like, let's say you try something on and it is too small. Um, how do we work through it? Because that can definitely happen, right? Like, it will happen. Most of the time, it will. And like, even setting ourselves up for that, like, it may happen and here's what I'm going to do. So, What we do not want to do, if something doesn't fit, we do not want to blame our body. It is not your body's fault. It is not your body's job to fit into clothes. It is a clothes job to fit your body, right? So we're not blaming our body. We're not blaming ourselves either, right? I've had clients who've told me, like, I can't believe that I've let myself get to this. So we're going to reframe that, right? No matter where your body is at, like our body is changes are normal. Your, the body you have right now is good. And any type of body changes is not representative of your worth, right? Bodies are meant to change over time. Our body's a living thing that continues to change over time, Right? So we really want to be able to get to a place where I am on the same team as my body. This feels very uncomfortable, but it's not my body's fault and it's not my fault. This is my body here and now and my body is good, right? And then the third thing we don't want to do is to refuse to size up, right? I've also had clients who's like, I cannot, I can't, I can't size up. Like, I don't want to be this new number. I cannot do that. And I get it. Numbers are hard and we can talk about numbers. Like there's something with our brain and numbers. That's how we've been raised. We've been taught to like obsess about the number on the scale, the number of calories we eat, the number of grams of whatever, the number on the label. So I get the number thing, right? It makes a lot of sense. Like it's something objective that we can look at and be like, ah, this is good. This is bad. Like we create these categories in our brain and we want to move away from that, right? The number on the tag is actually very subjective. They change all the time. The clothing industry changes all of the time. It's not a representation of who you are. And we need to choose clothes that fit your body here and now, no matter the size, right? I actually had a client um, in the Bounce program who was sharing one of the stories and one of her aha moments that I want to share with you Um, that she went shopping with a pair of jeans on, right? The pair of jeans that she had at home that was a certain size. And then she went shopping and off the rack, she picked the same size of the pair of jeans that she had on and tried it on. And the pair of jeans was way too small, way too small. So she ended up having to size up a couple of sizes and, and put it on and it fit. And she felt pretty triggered, right, by it, as I think a lot of us would when we're still in the beginning of our healing journey. 
And then she had this aha moment when she was like holding both pairs of jeans, both pair of jeans that were fitting her body here and now, both completely different sizes. And she was like, oh my God, like these sizes are arbitrary. Like my body has not changed from the time I put this first pair of jeans, the one she had from home, that was a certain size, to five seconds later when she put this other pair of jeans that was multiple sizes up. Her body hadn't changed at all. Her worth hadn't changed at all. But the size on the label had quite significantly, right? Like many sizes difference. And I think that if that's something that we can like internalize for ourselves too of like, my worth doesn't change no matter the size on the label. It doesn't matter. And it's actually very subjective, right? The size on the label is not an indication of me or even like my size because it changes so much. It just is an indication of the size of that piece of clothing in relationship to the other sizes that they have. And I just need to find the one that fits my body here and now, right? And I know for me, something that really helped me, and I, it was just an aha moment for me, is that no one will see that tag. It doesn't matter. And like, you know, eventually we don't want to have that as a reframe. Like we want to get to a place of like, it truly doesn't matter, blah, 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 blah. But like, at first, if you're having such a hard time with the number, like no one sees it. Take the pants that fits you, rip off the tag if you want to. Like, it doesn't matter. The number doesn't matter. We just want a piece of fabric that's going to fit you properly so you, we can feel good in our bodies, right? Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. I hope that we like resonate with this. And then the last example I want to give around this piece of like sizing up is I want us to imagine a child in our lives, whether it's your own child, whether it's your niece, your nephew, whether it's a friend's child, whether it's even think about your own inner child. And I want you to imagine that you're going shopping with them and they put a piece of clothing on that is too small. Does it not fit their body, even though we thought it would, right? Would you shame them? Would you try to be like, whatever, you still need to fit in it. <laughs> We're not sizing up. You better fit in this one. Suck it in. Would you shame them for the way that they're eating, the way that they are? hundred percent you would not you would not what you would do is that you would size up you'd be like hey bring up the next size does it fit do you feel good great let's move on that's what you would do so let's offer ourselves that same grace let's offer ourselves that same compassion right we size up we move on we wear things that fit us right all right, and now let's talk about after. What do we do afterwards? So I really believe in, you know, creating kind of an experience around the shopping, whether it's online or in person. So I really believe that we can have like a nice little closure to our experience um, and really checking in with ourselves too. So I believe that, you know, shopping can be emotionally draining and we may have an emotional hangover after. So doing something that can feel really good for us after a way to take care of herself after the experience can be really, really supportive. So again, I would try to think about like, what's in your toolbox? Like what makes you feel comforted? What makes you feel good? And how can we engage in that? Right. 
Um, so for me, for example, it would be like afterwards, I would go grab a coffee with a friend because that felt really, really good to me. It was a nice way to like finish that experience and do something that was good for my own soul, right? So really think about like, what can I do after the experience to take care of myself? I have a lot of clients who do that. They're, they can be very triggered by it. And then they're just like, okay, on to the next thing. But the emotion is kind of still there, right? So having like a moment where we get to just ground ourselves, take care of ourselves, I think it'd be really beautiful and important. Again, both online, both in person. I really believe that like taking care of ourselves post shopping can be really supportive. And again, this is not necessarily something you'll have to do for the rest of your life. Like maybe eventually we're going to get to a point where like shopping can be more enjoyable again. And like, you won't have that emotional like hangover afterwards. But if we're still in that place, like honor it, like honor yourself, like be sure that you're able to show up for yourself where you're at and take care of you in that moment. All right. Well, my friends, this has been a long episode. I hope that you got a lot from it. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any questions, please let me know on Instagram. You can DM me at The Bounce Dietitian or just comment on the post. I'm on any post, actually. I read all of them. Um, and or, um, yeah, or, and that's it, sorry. No and or. Instagram, send me a message if you have any questions. Oh, that's what I was going to say. But if you have other tips, if you're like, oh, you missed out this tip. This is my favorite tip. This made it so easy for me to shop. Please let me know on Instagram. I feel like this community of us healing our relationship with food and our body can be so supportive for one another. So go on my Instagram on the post about the podcast and just let me know, like, what is your tip when it comes to shopping that really helped you? We're going to be able to encourage each other and support each other through this journey. And before I leave you, I do want to tell you that The Bounce Practice is now offering monthly low-cost workshop. I'm actually really excited about these because we are, as a team, taking turns to all talk about one area around food relationship, body relationship, and mental health that we really, really like and are offering these like value-packed workshop for $10 every month. So this next month, so the next one we have coming up is in July. Um, and it's going to be about communication, which I think is like a pillar when it comes to our relationship with food, body, and self, right? The way that we communicate with others and get support um, and have these like very healthy, open communication, which I don't know that a lot of us have been taught. So if you are interested in learning more about communication, um, you can go to www.thebalancepractice.com forward slash LC workshop. Um, I'm also going to put the link in the show note for you. Um, and you can get more information and then sign up for the workshop for July. I hope to see you there. This workshop will be facilitated by Julie Burnett, who is one social worker at The Balance Practice. And yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be real good. I have been loving these workshops and learning from my own team. Like it's just been amazing, honestly. All right. On that note, my friend, I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening to me every week. And I cannot wait to connect with you next week. All right. Bye.